In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Welcome to Bonkers Romance, the podcast that celebrates fearless romance creators. I'm Jenny Nordback. And I'm Melody Carlisle. There's still time to sign up for the temple and get April books because they went out a little bit later than planned. We've got Tanked by Mia Hopkins and A Little Bit Dirty by Willow Winters. We're also super excited to announce that our May books will be arcs from two past guests we adore. Mm -hmm. The One Month Boyfriend by Roxy Noir is the start of a sexy, hilarious new series for her. And in this one, we get something better than marriage of convenience. <laughs> we get boyfriend of convenience. Ooh. And as if that wasn't delicious enough, they can't fucking stand <laughs> each other. <laughs> And the second May book will be Always Practice Safe Hex by Juliet Cross. I formally support this pun. Oh man, embrace <laughs> yourselves. It's enemies to lovers, forced proximity with a witch slash Grim Reaper pairing. Grim Reaper. Uh, and the tagline, there's a reason no one messes with a Grim. Ooh, I think Isn't we're gonna find enough? out what happens. I want it. I want it. I want it. <laughs> the digital stocked by the Kraken art has gone out to our celebrants, and our domestic celebrants will be receiving their prints imminently, mm -hmm. which means the survey for the next round of art <laughs> is also in their hands. Make good choices, celebrants. Uh-huh. I'm counting on you. If you want in on the art, there's still time to sign up and get the Kraken artwork and participate in the survey if you want to make good choices as well. <laughs> and we decided that going forward, anyone who signs up for an annual Celebrant membership will receive all of the past art commissions digitally. So if there's one you miss or you just want to collect them, you can sign up for an annual membership. Hell yeah. And that's, you know, that's going to be a haul. 
Oh man, this week we're joined by Stephanie Holmes to recap Devil's Day Party by C.M. Stunich. We're excited. Hugely. This has been building. We had to, like, scheduling stuff on both sides. We've had to push it back. So there's just been, like, anticipation. And I did choose, like, the longest book. (laughs) You know, it's funny. You've said that. And then when we actually looked at it, it's, like, normal book length. Yeah, I, it was weird because I know the author and she'd said it was 150,000 words, but I mean, I, I went to reread it and I'm like, oh, it's only like five hours, which is like normal time for me. Maybe I'm just reading yeah. it really fast, but oh, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't super, super long. It is jam-packed, though. So she did not did not waste a word, this, this CM Stunich. Stunich, yeah? Stunich, I believe, yeah. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what we're in for, but first, Holy fuck, dude. All right. We've, we've had a little while for Steph to ponder this question. Yeah. Um, what counts as bonkers for you, Steph? So I think for me, bonkers romance is all about, like, kind of, it's like, it's like celebrating like the pure essence of being in love because you know if you can Ooh. if you can fall in love with like a kraken or a like you know yeah. creature of the deep or you know in in the book that we're doing today you know your high school bullies yeah. then you know it's it's like anything's possible and it, that's why it makes me so happy um Ooh. it's just i just think it's the most wonderful thing I love that. I love that answer so much. Oh my gosh. That got me right in the heart parts. Oh boy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and if anybody is trying to place the accent, Steph is coming oh, yes. to us from basically my favorite place in the world. She is in <gasps> New Zealand. I am. And I'm coming from the future. I know. Yeah, yeah. What's it like? What is tomorrow like? <laughs> right? <laughs> is the pandemic over? <laughs> Can you tell us? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Darn it. Sorry, team. <laughs> it's all right. We're just happy Sorry. for your honesty. You know, we'll check we again tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, okay, Jenny, this book is so jam-packed. All right. Um, And before we go to break, I just want to do some trigger warnings so that people can jump out if they need to. All right. So just FYI, if you (laughs) are triggered Sorry, trigger by... warnings aren't funny no no but <laughs> i always i always try to scramble and... to think of the trigger warnings is yeah i wrote me. them down i'm such a scholar today so trigger warnings um if suicide is not okay with you you can nope out right now there's also violence gun violence bullying obviously it's a bully romance there are homophobic slurs which i will not be saying on the podcast but if you want to read the book like just know they're in there And um, two more things that I think, well, one thing that I think should probably be obvious, but wasn't to me, Melody, in a high school romance, there is underage sex. So if that's weird (laughs) for you, if you don't like watching teenagers bang, everybody's underage. Yeah, yeah, everybody's underage, I think. Okay, so it's not... They're all seniors in high school. It's not like a... No, no, no. Okay. No, it's just like, you know, not 20-year-olds banging it out. Um, And then finally, the swords don't really cross at oh. all so just prepare yourself those are my trigger warnings 
And we can, oh, well, and I have some Aaron-specific trigger warnings, but <laughs> I'm not going to give those to everyone. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm gonna surprise her with them when she listens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> we will be right back. Yee! Oh, hey, it's temple update time. This month, we're back on our bullshit with Katie regaling us with more fertile in my ex-boyfriend's dungeon. And I can neither confirm nor deny that we discover an actual hard limit for Katie. Hannah Witten is also going to stop by to give us all of her best spooky season wrecks. In book club news, everyone in the Joybringer tier and Celebrant tier can download their ebook copies of My Wicked Prince by Molly O'Keefe and the entire audiobook collection of Court of the Vampire Queen by the one and only Katie Robert. Finally, Joybringers and Celebrants can check out all the digital art we've created for the temple. It's all on one convenient page waiting for you. If you want to get in on any of this goodness, head to bonkersromance.com temple and sign up. All right, back to the show. Okay, we're back. Oh my God. Steph brought us a doozy, Jenny. I don't oh. know what I'm in for. I'm excited. Oh. I know oh. fuck all, except I know <sighs> trigger warnings now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Steph, I'm going to tell you my strategy and I want to see if you agree. Okay. So, first of all, I think we should keep the main plot device a secret until it appears. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I'll get your secrets out of you, Melody. Okay, you will. You will always do. Then I'm thinking that because, okay, because there's so much jam packed in. I'm going to try to hit the most important notes, and we're not going to be able to get to a lot of the nitty-gritty stuff, but I still think it's going to be amazing. Are you okay with that? I think so, too. That's basically how I was, exactly how I was thinking to do it. So Rock on. Yeah. Okay. What so, is the book? And who the fuck wrote it? This is Devil's Day by C.M. Stunich. It's Devil's Day Party. Oh, Devil's Day Party! You're right. What's the right. Melody? You know what? I'm bad at my job. Listen. It's fine. I haven't done it for a minute. I had a concussion last week. Okay. So, how many more? How many more excuses can I throw at you? Devil's Day Party by C.M. Stunich. I am a professional. So, okay. The very first line of the book is, there's blood all over my steering wheel. And so, Steph, I think that we need to, like, introduce the cast of characters and sort of get, like, the main dynamic out in the open and then, like, you know, go through the the, the events of the day. Is that cool? I think I like it. Uh, All right. Okay. okay, so Karma is in the car. Her name is Karma, and she has just thwacked her face on her steering wheel. She looks up. She's in her little yellow beetle bug situation, and she has hit her her main bullies, Aston Martin. And she realizes that because, like, he is, like, in the gas station, and so she realizes that, like, she veered off the road in order to intentionally run into this motherfucker's car, and she has no memory as to why 
or like uh-huh. how or whatever. Okay. I just blacked out. I don't Whoopsies. know what happened. <laughs> You're out three hundred thousand dollars now, though. <laughs> they go to a school, which is like this super highfalutin fancy school in Backwoods, Arkansas, which I have questions about, but it's okay. We're just it's we're just fine. going with we'll it. Just okay. Roll with it. Yep. And this is where rich people hide their problem children. I mean, I could see doing that in Arkansas. Yeah, fair, right? <laughs> but the tuition is really high. And so Karma is a poor who just lives in the town. And her two moms, she has two moms, wonderful little lesbian family. And her two moms worked really hard. And then, like, maybe she got a scholarship, Steph. Mm, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's unimportant. The, the important thing is that she's poor and they're not. Yeah, I call her a poor because it is a main situation in the book. Like, it's a pillar on which the book stands, one of them. Yes. And all of these people are, like, incredibly rich, political, blah, 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 right? So she runs into this guy's car. He pulls her out. This is Calix. There are a lot of names, Jenny. Get ready. All so right. Calix. Calix and Karma. Yeah. And pulls there's, there's Karma no, out of the car. There's, and there's no normal names. There's no, like, not a single Bob one. Or, or no. Jack or anything. <laughs> not a Jane in sight. All right? Yeah. So pulls her out of the car, and he's like, what? What are you thinking, girl? And she's like, I actually don't know, basically. But she's like, go fuck yourself, because you deserve it, whatever I did, because you're the worst. But, you know, she has just had a head trauma, so she's a little bit confused. And then, like, a lady comes over, and she's like, are you okay? And Calix says, everything's fine. I'm not going to press charges. Don't call the police. And then he's like, he's like, is this a Devil's Day trick? Because it's Devil's Day, Jenny. Okay? What the fuck is Devil's Day? Oh, it's Devil's Day. Because I like the sound of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Devil's Spring is where they live. It's the town in which the school sits. And apparently they did a bit of a cultural appropriation from one of the main Native American tribes that were there before white people decided to colonize everything. And they have taken this like old tradition and turned it into like we wear masquerade masks all day and we get super hammered and we fuck and we play tricks on people and we just do it all like do everything we can all day anything goes on devil's I mean, day look any fucking excuse right <laughs> this, this sounds like they left me in charge and i was like Oh, it's Devil's Day. Oh, it's Devil's Day, guys. <laughs> don't ask me. Don't I don't you want don't want to know the particulars. We gotta fucking do bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, wow, if this is a Devil's Day trick, like, you know, you know that I will fuck you up on Devil's Day. So then two more dudes. Okay, we gotta add two more dudes. There's Sorry. Raz. Raz? Okay. Calix is like normal looking. All right. He's got like black hair and he's like a brood. And then Raz comes out and he's a wild card. That Raz, he does wear red contacts. Steph, do you know why this man wears red contacts? Did you get the lowdown from CM Stooge? Why not? I think that's the answer. (laughs) Because it's Devil's Day. Um, (laughs) I've I've read a lot of Sam's books and she loves these kind of like really like sort of hyper alternative characters. I love it. Yeah. And I'm, 
you know, high school Steph is all over this. Like, give me the red contact wearing weirdos. Yeah. Like, I'm all over. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The fact that I don't know why he's doing it just makes me makes go, it like... even better. Absolutely. <laughs> so he wears red contacts on the daily. That's just normal stuff for Raz. Um, he has like this must blonde hair. It's always must. And he's like a bad boy. And he's mostly like the he's like the most verbally aggressive one out of the group. Like, <laughs> okay, all it. of them call her trailer park. I, I will have that noted it? for the record. <laughs> I feel like I'm not supposed to be into it. <laughs> no, Jenny, do what you do what your heart desires all right you yeah, follow your mean. heart yeah be meaner yeah it's devil's day it's de- it's devil's want. day oh it's devil's day on the podcast too so in addition to raz is baron and baron i think you're gonna you're gonna see why but baron is my heart sings for baron <laughs> i don't oh, really no. know what, what to are my do. best guy friends is named baron i don't think i can do this one he has got a Mohawk. He's got a rainbow mohawk, okay? He's got tattoos all over his body, even though his dad's like a senator or like a pharmaceutical CEO. Is he old or, enough to or have something. tattoos? He Who's is rich, Jenny. Tattoos? He's rich. <laughs> he gets to do whatever he wants, okay? Jesus. And he's always always consuming something sugary. He's either cracking a lollipop against his teeth or he's eating an entire cupcake in one bite, not offering anything to anyone else. Or, man, he eats so many things in this whole book. It's like one of his main character things. His personality Um, is sugar. And artistry, all right? He's a sketch man. He carries a sketchbook around all the time and he just like sits and he scribbles, scribbles, scribbles all day. He'll just, like, get inspired and then scribble, scribble, scribble. And he's, like, the quietest one. Um, And he's usually, if any of the three are going to be like, hey, man, slow down, maybe. It's going to be barren. All right? Like, be less mean? Yeah. Like, like, cool it. Yeah. Like, just leave her alone for one minute, maybe. But then he'll, like, throw her on the ground later. You know? So he's not, like, the best. Okay. So I think those are all the names for now. Don't you think? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that we, that's, we can start there. Yeah. Okay. Calix Raz Baron. Got it. That's the one. Yeah. So listen, they do a big bully on her and they're like, they do things like, she's like, I'll pay for it. And they're like, with what money, Trailer Park? And they talk about her moms and very bad slurs. And then they're like, and then oh, Calix says, maybe you can pay for it on your knees later. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's he's all class. All class. All class. Yeah. And so now she gets to school. Okay. Doesn't matter how. She gets to school. She, like, drives to school. She's like, bye. I'm noping out. And she gets there and we meet her friends. There's Luke, who is non-binary, but her pronouns are she, her. And then there is April, who is a pregnant 17-year-old whose parents have, like, separated star-crossed lovers, and she and her boyfriend, who's now in Paris, um, because that's as far away as they could go, they want to, like, move to New Orleans and start a family as soon as possible, but mean parents are keeping them away from each other. In Arkansas and Paris, like, the double standard, like, feminism does not live in this world. (laughs) The double standard (laughs) is bullshit. (laughs) 
Not only do you have to deal with pregnancy, yeah. but you got sent to Ar- I'm sorry. Listen, to Arkansas's Arkansas is great. Arkansas. Arkansas is awesome. It's and... not you. It's stereotypes. And I know that. I'm being a yeah. dick. Yeah. All right. So we got to motor through this first day because there is so much. So what happens next? Should we talk about French class stuff? Yeah, just just quickly. Yeah. So they're in French. They go to French class. And Karma is quite good at French. Um, and Raz is in that class too, and he's terrible at it. So terrible. she kind of, she, yeah, he's atrocious. Très atrocious. I don't know. I don't know French either. <laughs> uh, I did hard <laughs> in college. No, no, I did useful dead languages, not useless alive languages. Um, I hear you. <laughs> um, so she kind of corrects him, you know, you know, corrects his grammar and stuff, and she insults him in French, and he doesn't understand it. It's terrible, mm. and I can't remember what happens after that. <laughs> Calix is like, I'm super good at French, and I know exactly what you just said. And That's Raz it. is like, you're gonna pay for that later, bitch. So then we also meet Sonia. Sonia is like the fourth uh, amigo in this quadruple of bully. And Sonia has bright red hair. She's Raz's best friend. I feel like they coordinated on that. It's never really spelled out on on the page, you know. And so Luke is sitting there and Luke is like eyeing Sonia hard. And Karma's like, dude, like she's terrible. Don't like, what are you doing? And Luke is very like, I'm a Jenny. That is nice for me. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I want more of that. And now there's Devil's Day gifts that have to come around. Are you ready? Because it's mostly bugs. So this is not not what I want. (laughs) It's like it's like dried roses and like like uh, bugs caught in amber and stuff and like crickets on a necklace and shit. So they're handing out there's there's also like a tourmaline bracelet. All right. The three wonderful ladies all get each other tourmaline bracelets. And if you don't know, that is a crystal that does help with anxiety. I wear one quite often. So then this mean girl with red hair is like karma you've got another box and she hands it to her and she realizes she looks and it's like a necklace and it's uh uh oh i forgot it's a diana butterfly yeah. Melody that is one. not having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I could be, though. So it's like orange and black, and she notices that there might be blood on it, everyone. And it is caught in amber, and she's like, this is an endangered species, and I'm not cool with whoever murdered it to put it in this necklace, but it came to her anonymously. And then somehow that mean girl does, like, throw the box on the floor, necklace is broken, smashed to smithereens. Oh, no. Now it's after French class and all three boys like grab her like under the armpits and drag her out into the gravel parking lot to be like car times. You're not okay," And they like throw her on the ground. She's got bloody knees. What else happens? Raz is not supposed to be into it. Bad. I know. No, no. It's fine. It's fine. Raz gets a new car. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Yeah. So yeah. sorry. They do. They assault her outside, basically. And they're like, don't come to the party if you know what's good for you. 
and she's like, cool sauce. And then she throws dirt in their eyes and stuff, which is nice. Yeah, mostly in Raz's red contacts. And she's very proud of herself (laughs) about it. Okay, so one of the reasons that I think this book is extra bonkers, like I was trying to distill it in my brain. And I think one of the reasons is that every single main character is completely unlikable, basically irredeemable. They don't go through a ton of growth throughout the story. And yet I want the best things for them. I want them to be together. I want them to have so many orgasms. Like, I don't, (laughs) I'm like rooting for them. And I have no idea why. CM Stoonich is a wizard. Fascinating. Isn't she though? I know. I love it. Wizard. (laughs) It's wizardry. Is that kind of a hallmark of the bully romance? Because it's not something I have a lot of experience with. Like, do you generally redeem the bully? Or is the idea that you love them in spite of being terrible. I, I actually think there's kind of two, it's sort of, there's a bit where the road forks and mm. there, on, on one side there's books where like the bully, you, you know, the bullies are, you kind of dig into their psyche a bit and you're mm. like, oh, they, they kind of think they're protecting her, but in this like messed up way. Mm. Like or, um, Never Sweeter by Charlotte Stein is a good example of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or like this book, it's, I think it's sort of meant to be more of a, it's basically, you know, it's basically that, oh, they're, they're mean to her because they like her. Like, that's the gist of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's that Which when you... In be- real life, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. that is not okay. But in yeah. fiction... In fiction. fiction. Put it in my veins, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's kind of the other angle where, mm. where bully romances are like, he's completely irredeemable, he's terrible, he's probably like a gang member and like a murderer, <laughs> but that's what we're into. I like it. (laughs) But but not for her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not for her. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, I forgot a very important name. (laughs) That is the Knight Crew. And that's a knight, all right? Like a a sword man, a sword man knight. Is that what the the bully crew is called? Yeah, because Calix Knight is his name. And everybody's like, Uh we're the Knight Crew, because that's cool. (laughs) That's an... Like a really rad thing for the youngsters to do, I guess. They're in high school. (laughs) (laughs) At one point during the book, Calix is like, stop calling them that. Like, they're just my friends. (laughs) 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 It's great. Okay. So now she goes to the party because she's like, fuck you. Fuck everyone. I'll do what I want. It's senior year. I don't even like Devil's Day. Whatever. You're not going to tell me what to do. I hit your car today. So she um, goes and Luke like goes to watch April and make sure like she's okay because she is like pregnant out to here. And so then Baron comes up to her. Baron, the man of my dreams, comes up to her (laughs) and he's like, I thought we told you not to come and like whispers right in her ear. And then she like gets him away from the light into the into the woods kind of situation. And she's like, Baron, oh, my gosh, she sees a key that he's wearing on his necklace. And so she does start touching up on his chest. And he's like, I think you might have had a little bit too much to drink. And she's like, I have. But she's like, lie. I haven't had a single thing to mess with my. (laughs) to mess with my psyche so she kisses him in order to pickpocket this key because as we'll see later like locking her places is their thing 
I think it might be their kink. They lock her in places all the time. And so she's like, if I see a key, I'm going to get it. I got to keep it on me. I don't even know what it goes to. (laughs) So then she runs into the rest of the night crew. Long story short, they're like, grab her, and she pepper sprays them. And then they grab her anyway. And then they put her in what's called the devil's den. And it's like this spring where they do the party. And it's supposed to have, like, healing properties, maybe. Steph, did I make that up? Uh, I mean, all springs have have healing properties. That's true. Yeah, and it's, like, down some stairs, and Mm. there's, like, an old, you know, iron gate that that locks it shut. And so they're Mm. locked in there while everyone's having this party around them. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, and it's really and, and they're really sad. Sounds like a good place for an orgy. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so they lock her in there, and they also lock Luke and April in there with her. And they're like, she is like eight months pregnant. You can't lock her somewhere where we can't get her to the hospital. And they're like, deuces, we're out. We're gonna go drink all the vodka we can find. So they're like, we're going to spend the night in here. This fucking blows. And they they start like bickering amongst each other. And Luke is very like, why do you antagonize them? And Karma's like, I'm just trying to live and blah, blah, blah. Right. Oh, and then we find out this is when we find out about last year, Steph. Do you want to tell Jenny? We do. We do. So this is when we find out that last year at Devil's Day, Karma and Calyx got it on and not only did they get it on they got it on all of the ways you can possibly get it on Uh and calyx revealed that he was in love with her yeah the way that he got her up into that treehouse was like karma i'm in love with you I want to lay down, lay the world at your feet. I do also want to put my penis inside of you. He goes down on her like crazy. Like, it's a whole night, right? Yeah. And then tell them about the next morning stuff. And then the next morning, he tells her that it was just a Devil's Day prank. And he thought she was disgusting and just all the awful, horrible things. Mm-hmm. That son of a bitch. Yeah. But also, I bet he's lying. <sighs> he, I mean, he commits, though. It is a year later, and, like, they, he has been mean to her all year. It's crazy. So, anyway, so then she goes home, all right? It's time to go home. And, oh, when she gets home, she finds out that somebody has posted a sex tape of her and Calyx fucking in that treehouse last year on the onlines for everybody to see i know and she has no idea who would have had a tape like this because not only like is filming somebody having sex like really terrible and weird and gross in general but at the devil's day party you have to check your phone nobody is Mm -hmm. allowed to have any devices at all so that you can be a bacchanal man and nobody can come at you later you know so she kind of assumes that it must be the night crew because yeah. they're like rich enough to kind of get past this like phone thing and it was all a trick anyway. So of course they would have filmed it. Right. And yeah. And so she's really upset and she's back at her, the trailer where, where her parents are and she's, oh, she's got a painting that she's done. Mm. 
um, that she's sort of halfway finished because her mum's an artist and so she's yeah. an artist too. And she's like slashing at this page, she like destroys it because she's really upset. And she has two younger sisters and they've painted like a mural on the side of their house. And she sort of looks at the mural and she's like, ah, this is just one more reason why they're going to bully me because, you know, we've got this big mural on, on our house and it was like of a goddess. And she's like, it's just one more reason they're going to bully me. So she like throws this red paint at it. And her sisters worked all day on this mural. And earlier in the book, they were like, do you want to paint with us? No, and she was like, no. I have to devil's day. She's also like said some terrible things to her mom. And she found out that Luke called her mom to tell her about the sex tape. So she's feeling very betrayed. And so she takes her, she just wants to get away. So she takes her, was she driving back to the party? I can't actually remember. Um, so she, she's going to go for a drive. And so she takes her mum's car and goes for a drive. And as she's driving, a deer goes out on the road. And she swerves to avoid hitting the deer. And she crashes. And then the next chapter says, there's blood all over my steering wheel. No. Because it's a time loop, everybody. Time yes. loop times. We're doing Devil's Day again. Oh, fuck we yeah, are. we are. And we're going to do it roughly 60 times um, <gasps> over the course of a month. I don't know how she fit all that in there, but she did. And the rest of the stuff we can speed through because basically the middle of the book is a combination of her manipulating variables to figure out what will happen so that she can break the time loop. Her sort of low-key trying to find out the mystery of the sex tape. And then also, this is where the suicide comes in. So if you haven't jumped out yet, please do. For the rest of the book, like she notices that either one person in particular will die by suicide or at the very least, like someone dies. All right, the next important one, let's just go to this one, is that Calix asks her to meet him at the Devil's Day uh, place before the party starts. Like, she manipulates variables, things change, we see all of that, and then that means Calix asks her to go to this place. So they meet up, and he's like, why did you post the sex tape, I think. And she's like, the fuck? Why would I do that? Like, I'm the only person that hurts. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, I was wondering if maybe you were doing it for my attention. Ugh. And then he hate fucks her uh, oh, on the side of a yeah. train car. <laughs> he says she she's like, don't stop. Even if you even if you're ashamed of me, even if like all of this stuff, like just keep going. And so he turns her around and he like holds her head against the train car. And he's like, I can't look at you. And then he gives <gasps> her a good pounding. All right. And Raz comes out of the fucking mist and he's like, oh, wow. I didn't like I knew you were a trailer park slut, but I didn't know you were this big of a slut. And he does mean things to her. To like it. I know, I know. And so, but she's a Jenny because she leaves this entire situation being like, why was he so mad? (laughs) Wait, does Raz like get in on the action? No, Raz is pissed. Raz is like, fuck everybody. I'm leaving. He gets really mad. And like, that's, that's basically what happens in that day. So the next one is when she she just does that. Again and again. And again. <laughs> I mean, <just> me. <laughs> no, later on, that literally happens. I, I'll, it's in my notes. I'll let you know. So the next day is when she decides to just like be an absolute 
maniac, Jenny. Okay. She's in that part of the time loop where she's like, nothing fucking matters. I can light someone on fire and nothing will happen. So she starts the entire day by being like, let me be part of the night crew. (laughs) So, Steph, do you want to take it? It was fantastic. So good. That's the one where she goes um, with Raz? Yeah, yeah. She has to like she has to do something in order to get into the in with the night crew. Oh, They're like, that's go right. do yeah, this so, thing. Yeah, so there's this girl, whose name is Pearl. And um she's kind of she's a bit of a loner at this school, but possibly not quite as like kind of is at the bottom of the heap as karma is. And so they say that if you want to hang with a night crew, you have to say this really horrible thing to Pearl. So she decides she decides she's going to do it. She doesn't want to, but she's, she goes up to Pearl and she says this horrible thing, which was something like, everyone would be better off if you'd never been born or something like that. It was, it was mm-hmm. awful. And because she does that, she gets to be part of the night crew. And I can't remember how she ended up separated from them, but she... she <laughs> They lock her in a place. So they're like, That's so right. she goes and they, she goes and she does this horrible thing. And like, she can tell that Baron is really disappointed in her because they say, Chenny, that Baron has impossible standards. And like, all I want to do is please him. <laughs> so, like, I just know it's going to be so tough and I'm going to try so hard. <laughs> anyway. And when you finally get the good girl. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> so he's really disappointed in her. And um, Luke is also really disappointed in her because Luke is sort of her moral compass throughout the whole thing. Luke is just like a good, period, the end. Like her parents are a good, her sisters are a good and it's very black and white it seems like in this book um also i forgot to tell you i think that the the way that they got out of the cave the first night is that pearl unlocked it for them and they were like why are you Mm. doing this and she's like i don't fucking know i hate you but like may as well it's devil's day so she lets them out so now she does bully Pearl, and then they're like, you thought you were going to be part of the night crew? Jokes! We're going to still lock you somewhere. So they do <laughs> lock her in, like, a cupboard or um, a gate of some sort, and then they fuck off. And she's like, how fucking dare you? Like, this is ridiculous. And so, like, hours go by, and then Raz shows up to be like, I didn't know that you had it in you to, like, bully Pearl. And a series of events commences that I have I still haven't quite reckoned with. Steph, do you wanna do you wanna okay. get so, us get us going? So, so Rhys so is says, going one of two very dramatic directions. She's either gonna like kill him and mutilate his body or they're gonna fuck. Well, or <laughs> Or, or right in between there, Jenny, right in between. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of in between. So they they end up in they, they sort of race sort of sort of like, okay, we can hang out. So they end up in his car, I think. Um yeah. and he says, Oh, we're gonna go drive and we're gonna go get some guns and we're gonna bring some guns to the party so we can have target <laughs> practice. Casual and gun time, you know? Casual gun time, yeah. Very American. And, I mean I mean I guess it is Arkansas. Um, just, yeah. sorry, 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 I can uh, and, um, and Karma's like, that's a stupid idea, dude. We're not doing that. And so she drives him to her auntie's house, which is like a, like an Airbnb beside this lake. 
and the auntie isn't there. So the house is empty and Karma knows where the spare key is. And she's like, oh, you need some coffee. So she does the drive to this house and, he, and she's like, I think she's like, got his key. Is- pissed he's so angry he's like take me back to the fucking party i want to get guns i want to get fucked up and i want to fuck shit up and she's like or coffee and he's like what the fuck is up with you and coffee like are you a 40 year old woman what's happening right now it's devil's day and so i know right how dare you rest yes i am (laughs) asshole in my heart yes so she it, again, this is still on the timeline where she's a goddamn gremlin. So she takes his keys and she just like chucks it into a nearby lake. And it's like, it's like cold. It's fall. It could be winter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and it's cold. Okay. And so then Raz freaks out and he's like, I've got to go get my keys. And so he goes storming toward the lake and she like jumps on him like a spider monkey and like pushes him down. And then she pushes him into the lake. And then he's like, I'm a sea monster now. And he grabs her and he pulls her into the lake. And so now they're both freezing and he gets out and he's like, what the fuck is the matter with you? And she's like, I'm still coming for you. And so she goes to fight him again. And he, he like wrestles her onto the hood of his car and then she says something to the effect of, and I believe this is a direct quote, fuck me like you hate me. Yeah. So, uh, so they do bone hard on the hood of this car, frozen, like they are frozen almost to death, just like banging it out. They're going to get that heat together, you know? So then at one point she scratches his face, I think. Maybe that's later. It's probably later. But she, like, scratches his face, and he's like, you like hurting me, don't you? And she's like, it's you who like hurting me, too. And it's a lot. So then they, like, go inside, and there's, like, shower sex. And then it, it sort of gradually gets more intimate and sweet until the end of the night where, like, she knows Raz really likes her. Huh. Yeah. Oh, so she's like figuring them out yes. one at a time yeah. through the time loop. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think gremlin times are over, basically. Because when she falls asleep, she's she's waking up and there's blood on her steering wheel. So I mean, I'm into gremlin times. That's my favorite so far. Tell me yeah. more. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. At what the end of options? this. Yeah, I know. Right. At the end of this day, somebody calls her and she does find out that Pearl killed herself. So that's basically how oh. most nights are going to end is like Pearl kills herself or someone dies. All right. So now the next important one is she pisses all three of the boys off at the gas station. And so they're like, we're going to do plan A today. And they grab her and they toss her into a car and they take her to the treehouse that she and Calix made love in. I'm sorry, everyone. I hate it. But that is what happened last year. All right. And they take her into this room and suddenly she seems a, she sees a bunch of like pale flesh and limbs going around and like and blue hair and red hair and oh my god it's Luke and Sonia and they've been banging for a year <laughs> okay she what? had no oh, idea they don't like each other they so hate fucking there too no sort of we don't know okay, okay. yeah so then Sonia looks over at Luke, and she's like, tell Karma that you hate her. She, she basically, like, tries to get her to bully Karma like 
Mm. Karma bullied Pearl. And Luke's like, how dare you? I would never. And then they both get locked in there. And Sonia tries to act like she doesn't like her. Like it was all she tries to pull a calyx on Luke. And Mm. Luke is very like, no, I'm wise beyond my years. And I know that she's just hurting. And so I can, you know, just talk to her about it and it'll be fine. This this doesn't work on me. No, it doesn't work on her at all because she's not a dummy (laughs) like karma. Okay, so they get locked in the treehouse. And then that evening, Baron comes and unlocks them. And he's like, come with me, Luke. You need to fuck off. And Karma, you need to follow me into the dark woods. And she's like, timeline's just going to reset. So cool. Let's go. What's what's on what's on the menu? And so he takes her deep, deep, deep into the woods. And he uh, gets into this, like, crevice. All right? There's, like, a crevice in between some rocks. And there's blood on those rocks. And so she gets in there and she jumps down. And, oh, my God. The flashlight is going around the cave, and she can see thousands of Diana Fermopolites. They're blue, they're orange, they are butterflies. They're not only on the the ceiling, like flapping their tiny wings a tiny bit, you know, like 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 butterflies do when they're on the ground. They're just like, oh, I can flap a tiny bit. I'm a butterfly. And then she also she's like sees on the ground there's a bunch of dead ones, and so. She's like, you sent me the necklace. And he's like, I sure did. Wait, no, because he didn't send her the necklace today. Listen, okay, so he's like, I found this cave um, and I come here a lot and I'm pretty sure that the butterflies just like got in here and then like couldn't get out, question mark. And so then he's like, I got you this necklace. Here you go. Here's a necklace. And it's that it's that butterfly necklace that he gave her before that got broken. It is a an orange um, Diana Formopoulos, and it is a man one. Orange is man, blue is lady, uh, butterfly. And so okay. she's like, wow, this is so beautiful. And it has those bloods on it because he did cut his hand on the thing. And so she's like, oh, good, you didn't murder this to get me this um, necklace. And he's like, no, I picked it up from the ground like a civilized person. <laughs> and then as he's putting it on her, he says... I got you a a male because I didn't think you would want a female trapped under glass. (laughs) And she's like, she's like, oh, my feminist heart. And then he grabs her by the 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 jaw and he lays a kiss on her that I thought about for a while. And then he climbs out and just fucks off and like leaves her in the middle of the fucking woods to like come back or don't (laughs) he's just like and melody is into it she's like it wasn't good enough i'm basically like pulling my hair out oh baron (laughs) (laughs) oh no so the next important one is oh so she is like, I'm going to steal Baron's sketchbook because now I am intrigued by him. I'm intrigued by Baron. There. Oh, boy. So she goes to the train car where, like, all of them are drinking whiskey and smoking joints. That's basically all they do in the whole book. <laughs> and so she overhears them talking about, like, this terrible girl 
who better not come show her face. And she's like, God, they're talking about me. Oh, my God. And then she hears Calix say, yeah, she won't stop calling my family. Like, she's basically stalking me, is what she says. Mm. And she's like, interesting, not me. Hmm. <laughs> I haven't been doing that at all. So There's someone else they're being mean yeah. to. I'm jealous. How dare they? <laughs> but then they do start talking about her, and Baron's like, hey, man, cool it a tiny bit. And then she's like, I'm going to go in there. So she goes in. She's wearing, like, this corset dress that she made last year. And she doesn't say a word. I... Okay, I need you to know. I need you. Okay, I'm so sorry that this detail has not been made completely aware, but I need you to know that every single moment I have talked about from the beginning until now, everyone is wearing some sort of masquerade mask. They wear them in what? class. They wear them while they're fucking. Like, there are moments where they will be in the middle of a sex devil's scene. Devil's Day. Yeah, Devil's Day, man. So they're in, like, the middle of a sex scene, and she has to, like, scratch underneath Raz's mask in order, oh. as they're just, like, boning it out. Everybody is wearing a masquerade mask, unless I have said otherwise, and I have not. That is bonkers as shit. I know! And I feel yeah. you... Should be punished for forgetting that. I agree yeah. with you. Oh, where's Baron when you need him? So, okay, so she... He's going to leave you in the woods. She is. So she says not a word. And they're like, who are you? And she can see in Baron's eyes that he recognizes her. And so she pepper sprays all of them. And then she steals what? his <laughs> sketchbook. She's like, sorry, boys. <laughs> no, out of nowhere, pepper sprays their asses. So she steals the book and then she runs away as fast as she can and she hides behind a car and she starts looking through the thing. And you, Jenny, called it. You called it? You could have written this shit. It is <laughs> a it's pictures of sketches of just her. And they're dated. Oh, he's obsessed. They go all the way back to freshman year. <gasps> like moment he, sh- loves, he her. loves her. Oh my god. So he comes around the car and he's like, hey, man, I need that back. And he takes it back from her. And is this or his eyes just like running? Weeping. She just pepper sprayed a yeah. motherfucker. Oh, yeah. No, that the, weeping. All right. And weeping under a mask. He like, take it just off remember, everybody's wearing a mask. <laughs> okay. Take your mask off. No she pepper can't. Spray under it. Nobody can. <laughs> you have snot. I know. It's everywhere. Okay. And so when she's looking through this book, she realizes that like there is the he drew the kiss where she grabbed the the key and then he drew them in the butterfly cave. And she's like, (gasps) you remember the other timelines. And he's like, explain. (laughs) Like, I do need to blow my nose, but explain. (laughs) And and so. She's like, I'm living in a time loop and it's bullshit. And he's like, he's like, I don't believe you. And she's like, you got me a necklace and it's a boy one because you didn't want a lady to be trapped under glass. I wouldn't like that. And he's like, oh, knows. And so basically he's like, I'll roll with it. So they steal Calix's car and he he takes her to... An empty church, Jenny. <laughs> There's an empty church. Oh. This is a very Ginny scene, I thought, when I heard it. <laughs> say everything. Say everything. Go, Steph. <laughs> 
So it takes you to this empty church and it is a glass church in like the middle of the forest. So mm-hmm. you can kind of like stare through the glass and like contemplate the heavens or in this or. case, <laughs> contemplate, contemplate the treasures between karma's legs when you <laughs> enter over the altar, which is exactly yeah. what happens. Because if you're going to fuck in the church... You have to she do it. She must be bent over the altar. I don't. Yeah. I don't. In this case, she's yeah. sitting on the altar, which was just as good. Yeah. Go and, on, Steph. Yeah, Steph, go. I interrupted you. <laughs> no, so, so um, yeah. So there's there's some, some sitting on the altar sex. There is some end of the pew sex from memory. There's okay. you know, and so the on the altar she's kind of got you know because she's got this massive dress on with this corset and these all these like skirts so he's like rustling around in the skirts mm. trying to like find you know <laughs> find the goodies uh-huh. um, and, um <laughs> it, was, it was quite lovely um, it and, really was <laughs> such memories of my wedding night um and, oh, <laughs> and, i love it i love it and then the final bit is he pushes her up against the class, which to me doesn't sound that fun, but it's barren, so he can make anything fun. Oh, I'll um, tell you like, some details that made it work. Go ahead, yeah. Steph. Yeah, and so he pushes her up against the glass, and they're, so they're like looking up at the heavens, and it's it's all it's all wonderful. He starts okay, just rapid fire details of this scene that hit me gimme, gimme, in gimme, gimme. the id one. The moment that he gets there, he's like, Raz and Calix are both in love with you. If that changes anything, don't worry. I'll take you back to the party. Mm. Hot. Changes nothing for her, obviously. Does get me more wet. So. Where is this going? (laughs) (laughs) So then, then he starts like ceremonially undressing her. And the most important part that I need you to know about is that he puts, he brings her foot up and her booted foot, she's wearing like like combat boots under this corset dress because hot. And so yeah. he puts her foot up on his chest and starts undoing the laces. And that's how he takes off both of her shoes, okay? Yeah. Then he goes down on her like a champion. Which no high school boy has accomplished. Never in ever, the history but... of the world. But go on. It's fine. <laughs> this is fantasy. And so at, right before they have sex on the floor, she's like, we don't need condoms. And he checks with her no less than three times, being like, so there are reasons that we don't need condoms? Like, like connect the dots for me. I want a beautiful constellation of reasons. And that was very hot to me. Then it's his first time sans condom. And she loves it. She loves being one of his first times. And Mm. then he says, put your boots back on. And she says, why do I have to do that? And he says, you're going to need the height so that I can fuck you from behind against this church wall. You need your boots on. Oh, my goodness. And then he starts pulling a your mind now. She's like, what happens tomorrow? And he's like, I show you off. I take you to a party and I, you're on my arm and you're mine. And she's like, what about Calix and Raz? And he's like, they'll regret all the ways in which they didn't make you theirs. And then <laughs> he says, you stumbled into my lair on Devil's Day, Karma. You're mine now. Yeah. It's so much. And then she says, do you want to come see my art studio? <sighs> Yes. Oh. Yes. 
Yes, yes, Baron, I do. But I don't feel like we're heading to, like, polyamory here. I know, right? Weird. Is this the ATA? What the fuck is going to happen, guys? I know, I know. Okay, so we have to really speed through. Listen, there's there's art time sex. Then she wakes up again, okay? Basically... She starts skipping a bunch of days in which, like, we skip a day, uh, like, a bunch of days where she's like, I'm going to manipulate all the variables so that I get to have sex with Raz today. And then she's like, now, Baron, this is the way yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then she's like, I need I'm to. I'm in the mood for. Exactly. Hmm. And so now she's like, I need to figure out a way I can get Calyx to be all up in my business. But really, it's like, I need family time. So she goes and she, like, spends the whole day with her family. And at in the next morning... Because she's, like, painted all night with her sisters. She did the whole mural thing. And so the next morning, Calix shows up in his car. And he's like, Pearl's dead. She killed herself. And she's like, I know. And he's basically like, get in the car. And she's like, yes. So she's really, really tired. But the sun has come up. And she doesn't have blood on her steering wheel. So she's like... It's tomorrow, bitches. Like, oh. this is a mate. Like, maybe I she broke, broke the, the loop. time loop. Maybe. So they spend all morning together. They do a bunch of emotional shit where they hash out last year. They hash out sex tape. They hash out a bunch of shit. And then she's like, hotel, question mark? And he's like, yes, most definitely. They also have blueberry pancakes, which I just needed to say out loud. So <laughs> they go to this hotel. Do you want to take over, Steph? I, believe, I don't quote me on this, but I believe it's actually a real hotel, um, mm-hmm. and it's one of the most haunted hotels in America. And they and they they go in and they get a room, and Karma's like she's like struggling to keep her eyes open, um, mm-hmm. but she's like, well, but 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 I've got Calyx, so I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to stop now. Mm-hmm. So she says, oh, mm-hmm. so they say, oh, um, there's a guy in the lobby of the hotel who's selling um, tickets to the ghost tour that's happening that night. And Calyx mm-hmm. buys them a couple of tickets for the ghost tour. And they go upstairs into their room and he closes all the curtains um, because I think he says mm-hmm. it's something like it's, you know, it's devil's night. I want to see you in in the darkness because the darkness is where I live. Something, mm. like something, something sort of like wonderfully emo like oh. that. Oh, it was magical. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they kiss and they make glorious love just like they did a year ago yeah do they still have masks on of course I feel like yes. I don't know. Listen, okay. I feel like yes. I don't this know. This is very Court of Thorns and Roses. I know. Tamlin and I shit loved going it. On. I fucking loved it. <laughs> okay, so the notable parts of this are that he tells her that she was his first and his only. He hasn't had sex with anyone since last year. Because of that, there's a lot of tension built up. So she does jerk him off onto her tits uh, just to like get it out out so that they can slow down which i thought was one does you know there you go and then at the end he does ask her to marry him and run away (gasps) to new orleans and she's like yep no i'm gonna take a snoozeroo now (laughs) and then oh there's blood on her steering wheel no so listen okay so this keeps happening and it gets to the point where she's like 
she just starts being like brutally honest at the beginning and she'll be like, Raz, I'm in love with you. Like he'll come out of the gas station and she jumps into his arms and she's like, Raz, I'm in love with you. And then they'll go spend the day like swimming in the lake naked and frolicking and stuff. And then finally, she just decides to be like, I'm in love with all three of you. Get on board. I'm living in a time loop. Nothing matters. Let's do this thing. And basically all of them are like, okay. Like they're, they're very dubious about it because remember they're like, this could be a devil's day trick. And this could be like the Uh. worst thing that's ever happened to us. This is exactly what Calix did to her last year. So they would deserve it. And they say that it is really funny though, because as she's figuring out like how, like what sequence she needs to do in order to get all the boys on board. Oh, because she also goes on a, a whole tangent of days where she tries to save Pearl and like, it doesn't work very well. And so then she gets all three boys on board and, and she's like, Baron's the easiest. All I have to say is that I know about the sketches and then he just believes me and he loves me forever. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. So finally, they're like, yeah, let's do this thing. So they decide to not go to the rich kids party. They go to the poor kids party, basically. And they're like, we're the kings of this place now. And the poor kids are like, like literally Baron hands a kid a thousand dollars and is like, leave your blankets on the bus, but you need to go. And he's like, okay, I have a thousand dollars now. And so now they have a fuck bus. So they go up. <laughs> so they get into that fuck bus, Jenny. They do. I did not see a fuck bus coming. <laughs> All about the fuck bus. I wasn't ready. I thought you were speaking in. I, there's no metaphors over here. No. <laughs> I had a concussion last week, Jenny. I'm not capable of metaphors. So. <laughs> Okay, so then it's like, it's on TM. Oh, but we also find out that the reason... Listen, it's a whole side story, but the reason that Calix and Raz are there is because Pearl, when they were in, like, rich times DC... I'm sorry, do they fuck on the fuck? Listen, shut up! This is important. Okay, okay. So they... Pearl told her their parents that they made out or something at a party. And Raz is very like, we were just making out for girls, you know, like girls do that for boys all the time. It's no big deal. And so she looks at him and she's like, this is my night. I'm in charge and I want you to make out with Calix for me. And so both boys. Wait, she wants Raz to make out with yes. Calix? Yes, yeah. she does. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Baron is just sitting over there sketching incredibly sexily with a, like a lollipop in his mouth or, you know, it could be a popsicle. <laughs> it could be an entire tub of Cool Whip. You really never know with this man. And so then they're like, so Calix is like, if we're going to do this, you need to touch yourself while it happens. <gasps> and she's like, absolutely. I have no inhibitions left. Totes. So they're making out and like also watching her which I thought was, like, very hard to do, you know, like, with your face over here and, like, really trying to get, where's some you know, eyes are over here. Both of them are doing that. 
wow, that video is going to be interesting. Smash our faces together, <laughs> yeah. but we're watching you. Basically, so she's she is just diddling away, and then Baron drops his sketch pad because he is a wise, wise seventeen-year-old boy, Melody, and he puts down his sketch pad. <laughs> And then he crawls over and he just starts licking that cunt until just tomorrow, basically. He'll 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 keep going. Then he fucks her on the floor. And then Raz like gets down, like Calix and Raz come over and they're like, hey, oh gosh, I'm gonna tweak a nipple. Oh sure. I'll like, you know, do you want a finger in the butt? I don't think that happens, but you know, they're they they're each pulling their weight. In melodies. <laughs> you never <does>. know. <laughs> So then she rides Raz and Calix comes over and Raz is like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, are our balls going to touch? And he's like, I don't know, maybe because we're DPing her now. So they DP and then I think Baron might fuck her again. in high school. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, my, my high school were not like this. Not like this at all. <laughs> no, most of... Uh, uh, many of my nights in college were not like this. Like, all of freshman year of college was not like this. Yeah. Okay. It was like at least 20 guys. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> I I had sex for the first time when I was like, I think, a month away from turning 20. Oh, you wouldn't know it, but because, you know, and once... You made up for lost Once time. the barn doors opened, the mare was gone. She was never coming back. Okay, sorry, I got distracted. So now they're doing a fuck on the bus. And so now that the sun is coming up and it's all, and Raz and, and Calix are like snuggling a tiny bit, but like they'll deny it later. And Baron's like, how about we go for an artist's sunrise swim? And she's like, that sounds so romantical. Oh my God. But then when they go for a swim, Baron drowns. And that, what? yeah, so then that keeps happening. If nobody kills themselves, like, then Calix will die. And then Raz will die. And, like, everybody, somebody dies every night. And she's getting a little bit sick of it. I'm not going to lie. And so then, now we're going to tie up the mystery. And we're also going to get to her epiphany. Okay? Okay. All right, All Steph. Right, I'm ready. I need My your help. is ready. I need your help with this. Um... Also, like, a lot of hot three-ways are sort of interspersed with the rest of what I'm going to say out loud. All right? Yeah. I just okay. need you to know yeah. that. It just it just goes without saying. Four, four three-way. Four-way. Four way. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Oh, I, I was way. only okay. thinking. I was. I, yeah. I, in my brain, I was karma. And so it was just like three on me. <laughs> and so I got I don't confused. Count. I got confused there for a minute. It was a two-way I am don't count God, as not a three. They're way. all seventeen. Fuck. Okay. So <laughs> I'm calling this episode Melody is a dirty old lady. <laughs> That's <funny. laughs> Fuck, it's so true. Oh. So okay. So now basically we find out that the mean girl who broke her necklace at the beginning is the stalker. And we also okay. find out that she is the maker of the sex tape and the distributor of the sex tape because okay. she's obsessed with Calix. She doesn't like that they like each other. And so she's going to, like, ruin them or something. Okay, so this happens fair. a couple of times. And in one of them, Sonia, like, beats the ever-loving tar out of this girl one morning to like get her to not distribute the sex tape and it's kind of nuts and then in another timeline 
she's like, hey, violence isn't the answer. But then at the party that night, somehow Raz gets guns. His gun plan works out in that timeline. God damn okay? it. Someone needs to supervise him. I know. Raz is a, he's a wild card. <laughs> Loose cannon, that one. So he's shooting. And I think this is one of the times when she's like, hey, boys, all four of us, we're just doing the thing. And they're like, totes. Do the fuck bus. Yes. Get, get in the fuck bus. All aboard. So... In that timeline, everything's going to plan, and she's really excited about it. But then the girl gets a hold of the gun, and she gets distracted by, like, Calyx coming over and talking to Karma or something. And she does accidentally, uh, trigger warning, shoot, trigger warning, pregnant April. And April does die just right there. And then she's like, I've got nothing to lose. And so she's like, why do you love her and not me? And Raz tries to get in on that and she does shoot him in the leg. And then she shoots Calyx dead and then she shoots Karma dead. And Karma's like, okay, I can't repeat that one. (laughs) Yeah. That's one we're going to avoid. So basically her epiphany I, Steph, I have two things that I need to talk to you about at the end of this because I really, I, I had a, I had a hard time figuring this out. Her epiphany is that she knows that the time loop will never stop. Like there, the universe requires a sacrifice, and that's why somebody's been dying every night, either by suicide or by accident or whatever. And she figures out that she will probably break the time loop if she sacrifices herself to the universe. So she creates a... Didn't she just die in that last one? She has to die first? No, somebody killed her. She has to sacrifice herself. Yeah. Like, like maybe it would have worked if she'd, like, thrown herself in front of the bullet or something. But, but yeah, it it wasn't that kind of situation. Mm Mm-mm. So she creates a situation in which they have a hot four-way and there are limbs everywhere and boy, there's thrusting. And then everybody's asleep and she gets up and she goes and unlocks the devil's den, the spring from the beginning. And hey, big trigger warning, everyone, because self-sacrifice in this case does mean suicide. So she, she like, ties heavy things to her and she does jump in that spring and then she like wakes up sputtering but not with blood on her steering wheel and it's because Mm. baron (laughs) baron has (laughs) gone down there and he's like jumped in he brought her back up and they saved her they figured out that she was like she was doing weird things over in Devil's Den, so they followed her. They're very confused very... because they don't know. Honestly, they're like, we, we're married basically now. Like, we're this is we're together forever, Z's. And then you you try to kill yourself. Like, I don't understand. And so they're like, was it us? Did we do something? And she's like, no, it had nothing to do with you. And I'll have to try to explain later. And um, basically, that's it. Happily ever after. Time loop broken. Um, oh, she didn't have to pick. No. No. I thought we were going to have to pick because you, yeah, okay, I'm delighted. I know, right? I know. And so they're going to move to New Orleans with Luke and Sonia and April and her um, boyfriend and the baby. And then uh, 
Karma and all of her boys, they're all moving to New Orleans to just start. Are they taking the fuck bus? They have to. I hope they take the fuck bus. They have to. They have to. Because the fuck bus is now part of the HEA. Yeah, it has to be. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Damn it. So many good episode titles on the fuck bus. (sighs) On the fuck bus. I really think that should be it. Yeah. Really, all all aboard the fuck bus, I really think, is Mm -hmm. is our title. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... That's the book. <laughs> and I'm obsessed I with it. Delighted. I don't understand why I want any of these characters to be happy, but I do. I do. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Into it. So now we need aftercare. What a delight. Yeah. Who has the aftercare? All right. Okay. So in the middle of the pandemic, hmm. when I most needed a book like this, a book like this fell into my lap. It's not a romance book. Um, or maybe it is. It's a nonfiction book. It's about this guy named Dean, and he's like a like twenty five year old Scottish dude. He's kind of hot, so that that helps. And he's cycling through Europe, and he's mm. cycling over. I think it's the Caucasus Mountains. Um, mm. And he on the side of the road is a little kitten, oh. and he scoops up the kitten and he puts her in in her in his basket, oh. and she loves it. And he takes her to the vet, and she's sick, and he gets her treated. And he posts a little video on Instagram about her. And he decides that she loves hanging out with him so much that he's just going to keep traveling with her. So her name is Nala. And the book is called Nala's World. And And it's all about Dean and Nala's travels around Europe. And it's just this wonderful guy and his little cat traveling and they they he's sort of suddenly become quite instagram famous because of this this cat so he you know he's like yeah yeah so he's like you know he used to be like sleeping on the side of the road and stuff like he's pretty you know he's pretty kind of extreme backpacker kind of dude and suddenly he's got like a million followers and so (laughs) part of it's about like about dealing with that um oh nice you, you know yeah, a lot of it is just they, they sort of raise money to um, like give to animal rescues and things like that, and uh, it's just the most wonderful like. It's so cute. It's, so it's just so wholesome and wonderful and lovely, and the, the... nobody is being bullied. No, no, it's exactly oh, what oh. I exactly what I needed, and and the very last chapter is about the coronavirus. Um, where that hit Europe and kind of how that changed their plans and what they had to do and mm. you know what it's like being isolating with a with a kitten in the <gasps> middle of uh, you know a very strange place and yeah it's just it's hmm. just lovely. Oh, oh, I love it. That's so perfect. <laughs> Mine is decidedly less wholesome. It is a fictional. It's a fiction podcast, and it's called Bone Mary Berry. Um, okay. And Ooh. it is told from the standpoint of Gabe, um, the and his best friend. So he's like he's like a GBF, and it's very cute. And he's like he's got the best voice. Um, so anyway, so basically, it's him telling the story of the month in which his best friend Allie bones someone, marries someone, and buries someone. And it's like a reverse whodunit. It's only on mm. episode six as of this recording. And it is fun. It's fun times. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay. 
Mine is my love of The Last Kingdom as a show is well known. I think I've done it for Aftercare at least twice. Yeah. I will not do it a third time. Oh, uh, what? Um, what? But, yeah, I know. <laughs> Shocker. I'm just going to start doing it on every episode. <laughs> you <laughs> cheater McGee. You motherfuckers. <laughs> But I watched the most recent season and then was bereft because I did not have new hot Viking content mm. in my life. So I went and watched Vikings Valhalla, which is Ooh. a new season that picks up from the original Viking show, but like, I don't know, 100 years forward yeah, in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is delightful. There are very hot Vikings and fighting and swords and mm. shit. I don't know. I was into it. There are... It, you know, I wasn't going to watch it because I was like, eh, not really sure. And Andy Christopher was texting me and she was mm. like, he has dimples. And then I had to text her back and be like, I mean, yeah, that one is cute, but he's like number three. Oh. So then we had to have like a bangability discussion. Oh. So if anybody wants in on my Viking bangability discussion, <laughs> watch it and we can talk. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yay. And then Steph's books. <gasps> Where would be the best place for them to start? Titillate them. Okay, so, so my pen name is Stephanie Holmes. And I think if you like bonkers romance books, you'll kind of like my books. I have a series called Kings of Miskatonic Prep, which is a bully romance series mixed mm. with H.P. Lovecraft, because that's how no. we roll. <gasps> yes. Ma'am. I have a series called Dark Academia, which is like, it's a contemporary series and it's like college, but there's like a secret society, which is all about, basically mm. it's a secret history by Donna Tartt, but with sex. Nice. Um, that because is, we deserve nice things. We, we do, we do, we certainly do. And <laughs> then I have another series, which is really popular, um, called the Nevermore Bookshop Mysteries. And what it is, is it's basically... Sexy Agatha Christie <gasps> meets black books. Oh, it's set in it's set in a kind of a magical bookshop that brings fictional characters to life. So our heroine uh, Minga, who's going blind, um, <gasps> works in the bookshop, and Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights is the kind of Bernard Black of the bookshop, <gasps> and James Moriarty is the flatmate <gasps> who lives upstairs, and there is the there's a shape-shifting raven named Quoth, um, who <laughs> is just hanging out, and he's great. He he's he's like the kind of like the he's the baron of the group, mm. um, but mm. also because he hangs out in the in the bookshop as a yeah he kind of hangs out in the bookshop <laughs> as a raven, and people are always quoting the of the poem at him, and he gets really annoyed with them, and he's like, "Next person who does this, I'm going to poop on their shoulder." And, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> And so, I wish that could be how that's I would kind of my retribution style. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and so they they hang out and they solve murder mysteries and have a lot of sexy times and it's got it's got a lot of swords crossing and it, yes. I, I think you guys will love it. Oh. We are proud of you, Steph. Oh my Thank gosh. Thank you. Well, yeah. I got to get some air, you know. Jeez. Yeah, I feel like that can immediately be looked forward to as Jenny's next aftercare. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my God. 
Oh my gosh. I love it. Thank you so, so much for joining us. This was so much fun. From the fucking future. From the future. You took time out of your day in the future to come and hang out with us. I did. I did. And to give you a book about time warps. And and, yeah, it was magic. I loved it. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You popped our bully cherry. I did. If people want to find you online, where's the best place for them to do that? stephanieholmes.com and it's Stephanie with two F's or I'm on TikTok as Stephanie Holmes author mm. um, and yeah I hope you like I hope you like a like 35 year old d- still dresses like a goth doing silly dances because that's that's how I roll yeah, that I mean, is yes. yep yep that is content I would like yeah <laughs> good excellent happy to provide <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening. Next week, Katie fucking Robert is joining us again so that she and I can blow Melody's mind (laughs) by recapping The Winter King by C.L. Wilson. If you want more of us before next week, check out our Patreon equivalent, The Temple of Defiant Joy. When you join the community, you'll get bonus episodes, videos of regular episodes, maybe even advanced ebooks through the Bonkers Book Club and Not Safe for Work art. It just depends on the level you choose. Now, go enjoy your next Bonkers read and remember, if you're gonna have a fuck bus, it better be literal. <laughs> There's no other way. <laughs> <laughs>